want to start with a verse in Exodus. This is when the, uh, you don't have to turn there, I have it written down here. Uh, this is whenever Moses and the Lord have this discourse, and the Lord says this, he says, and the Lord, he says a few things, and then says this, then the Lord passed by before him, meaning Moses, and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. And what I want you to focus on in that, that verse is the Lord is abundant in truth. And today, it seems as though people are not interested in general. Maybe there's more than I think, but it seems to me that a lot of times people are not interested in the truth. They suppress the truth, they hide the truth, and as the Bible says, they change the truth. Now, Isaiah says that he is, God, is truth. Not in quantity, but in quality. There is a quality of truth, or you could say that that is a characteristic of the Lord. So as we walk with the Lord, and we become more and more like Him, more and more of the truth should abide in us, and we should abide in it. The dictionary definition of the word truth, it says conformity with fact or reality. You know, it sounds like a pretty straightforward meaning. Conformity with fact so that there are in the world facts and there are what we will say in this area and that there is reality. Now, in, for example, in physics, you can take a formula for weight or acceleration or mass, and that formula will give you a fact of something that is a reality in that, in that particular thing. In the area of mathematics, you can take a formula, a pi r squared, and you get a fact which is the circumference of a circle. So there are certain things, certain formulas that will give you a fact. But now when you come to the Bible, fact and truth can be quite different. What someone says is a fact, or, or put it this way, what someone sees as a fact may not be the truth. And I have some examples. For example, the fact is that the Israelites came out of Egypt, and they came to the Red Sea. There it is. There's the Red Sea. That's the fact. The sea is in front of us. But the truth is that God was there and he parted the Red Sea. Fact is that King Saul waited seven days for Samuel. That's a fact. And then when Samuel comes, he says, well, I did what you said. And Samuel says, you disobeyed the Lord. So the fact was he waited seven days, but the truth was 
He didn't wait seven days and, and wait for Samuel. That was the truth of the matter. The fact of the, the wedding in Cana was that the servants filled up the containers with water. That was the fact. That's what they saw. But the truth was that the glory of Christ was manifest. So you had the fact and you had the truth. Not always the same thing. When you come to the Bible, people seem to, to deal with the factual thing. What can be seen, what can be touched, what can be felt. And many times they miss the truth. And that's what you had in John 2, where the servants saw the facts, but the disciples, they saw the truth. They saw the, the water in the pot, but yet they saw something else. Now turn to Job chapter 5. Now this is um, Eliphaz speaking, verse 2. For wrath kills a foolish uh, man, and envy, envy slays a simple one. Verse 7. Yet man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. How many times have we quoted that scripture? Well, that is a human fact that man is born unto trouble as the flames, the sparks from the flame of fire, they, as they go upward, man was born unto trouble. Verse 8. But as for me, I will seek the Lord, and to God I will commit my cause. Well, that's, that's good advice, is it not? Verse 18. Behold, happy is the man whom God corrects. Well, that's true. That's factually true. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. Now, this, the, the verses that we read here, this is Job's friend, Eliphaz. Now, turn to uh, chapter 42, verse 7. And so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what was, what was right, as my servant Job has. So they were facts, and they were true statements, but they didn't bring out the present truth. That was the thing. You can go through the friends of Job, the book of Job, and you could read certain things they say, and, and they, they, in and of themselves, they are true. But as far as that being applied to what was going on there, they were basically like facts. It wasn't the present truth that was moving. And that is missed many, many times by Christians. It's not about just picking a scripture now. And now that is the truth. No, what is the present truth? What is the Lord saying now, today? 
How is he applying that to you, if he is at all at this time? So you have an incurable disease. The doctor says they can't do anything for you. or that, That's a fact. Or you go and there's some defect in your body, something going on in your body that's causing you problems, causing you pain, and there's nothing that they can do or they can't find out what the problem is. That's a fact. But the truth is, God can heal. So fact and truth are not always the same. And many times the focus upon fact will cause a person to miss the truth. Now, this, this is from John 18, and I'll just quote it. Jesus is before Pilate, and Pilate says, what is truth? Or you could say, you know, what is truth, that, that is truth in your perspective? Or that's truth in your thinking, or the way you see it. But is that truth, truth? Look in Jeremiah 5. There can be different views of truth, and that is seen in various places in the Bible. Jeremiah 5, just one verse, verse 31. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule by their own power, and my people Love to have it so. So you see this in Jeremiah. You see this with Ezekiel. You see this in certain areas of Isaiah. Where the people have a certain view of truth. And the Lord will send the prophet... He will send whoever he can to try to move them out from a particular view of what they think is true or truth. And as I said, fact is not the same as truth. You know, uh, the, the people were looking uh, and they saw the Babylonian army coming. That was a fact. But they never saw the truth. Why did God raise up the Babylonians to bring them in to take them captive? Well, the truth came from Jeremiah. The truth came from Ezekiel. But they had a different view of what was true. And because they had that view, they were susceptible to false prophets and false teachers. In 2 Peter chapter 2, there have been in the course of, um, oh, I don't know how many years here, there have been some who have come and gone from this church 
and they confused the truth and they move in a certain way in which the truth for them any, it doesn't apply any longer because it is not held the way it is to be held. Um, there's, there's a verse, I don't even know if I have it in here or not, I, I might, uh, that talks about holding the truth in unrighteousness. And, and that word, that's King James. The word hold means to suppress the truth. See, truth can be suppressed. If I don't like what it is, if I don't like what's being said, I don't like the messenger, you know, various things. Maybe I, I have some other motivation in church here, or maybe I have some, something out of here that motivates me outside. And these different things can affect the heart so that now I don't hold the truth the way it should be and other, rather I suppress that so it can't really do what it is to do in me. But in chapter 2, verse 1, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Um, or a, a different course of thought. That's what a, the heresy is. It's a different way of looking at things. A different course, taking a different direction. They will bring in destructive heresies. And, and what, the reason why it's so destructive is because it leaves the direction of the Lord. It leaves the truth of God that he has, the, that we are to line up with whatever that may be for your life and for my life. Even denying the Lord. Now, that word denying means contradict. It's not that they come a false teacher. If a false teacher would get up and say, well, I don't believe in Jesus Christ. I don't believe he died. I don't believe he arose from the dead. Well, people would say, well, you know, you're a false teacher. But a false teacher doesn't do that because he wants to win people to himself. So he will contradict, and he will contradict the true light, the true way. Uh, he will lay another course, and that course may be followed unbeknownst to the people. So the Lord has to somehow get in there and bring the truth. Now I'm speaking this from experience in this particular church here. So the Lord, Lord had to come and bring a change of, or a correction in the, in the direction. So they, they deny, they contradict the Lord who bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Or they bring upon themselves, because of their heart and their motives, the judgment is, so to speak, hanging over them. And many follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Verse 3. By covetous, covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive 
words, for a long time their judgment has not been, and so on and so on. So Peter and Paul and others warn of those who would bring in destructive heresies in other, in other direction because the people have not lined themselves up with the truth. See, if you line yourself up with, with the Lord, with truth, and, and you follow him, even if you don't understand certain things or see certain things, the Lord can come in his time and bring the truth of the matter out. See, because the truth of the matter will be different than what is viewed as fact. So someone can, you know, come in and minister. Oh, they have uh, this great gift. They can speak. They can pray. You know, they can take things from the word. They're charismatic. They have a charismatic personality. They have a, um, a, a presence. You know what I'm saying? A stage presence. And people look at that. That's the fact. Oh, wow. Look at that. How a person can speak. How they can minister. And they don't move over now to see the truth. The Lord has to, to open the eyes. See? Oh, here's the verse. Um, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and uh, unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They hold it back. They restrain it. And you see this with the Pharisees very graphically in the Gospels. You know, Jesus would come and he would say certain things and because of their spirit... And because of their thinking, we are the children of Abraham. Because of that whole mindset, when the truth came forth, they would suppress that, suppress it, you know, try to hold it back, try to hold it down. Don't let it go out and do what it wants to do. Well, especially in them, but in, in the people. So in Romans, Paul says that men will either move into, let me see here, what is that verse? I don't have it down here. Well, they will either obey truth or they will obey unrighteousness. Men, in general, will either obey unrighteousness, you see that in the world with people, or men will obey the truth. And whenever you come to Christ, now the eyes are open, and now we have the opportunity. Every person has the opportunity to obey the truth, to begin to walk with the Lord and see, you know, the path, the direction, uh, the purpose, and flow with that, and stay with that, and stay in there. And forget about, you know, what they think, what they view, how they see things. Forget about that. But, but what, Lord, what are you saying? What is your truth? What, what is it that I need to see? 
Uh, am I looking at the facts or am I looking at truth? So the Bible says that Jesus, when he came, he was full of grace and truth. In the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. In John 14, verse 16, let's go to 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive. Well, why can't the world receive the spirit of truth? Because it neither sees him. See, it's, to them, the facts are they cannot see them. I can't see the Holy Spirit, so he must not be true. Must be, he doesn't exist. It must not be true. They neither see him nor know him. So knowing becomes a key. And just because a person comes to Christ does not mean they know in the way that this scripture is talking about. And when Paul talks about knowing, it's something beyond salvation, further on down, and knowing. But you know him. For he dwells with you, or beside you, and will be in you. So this is the promise of the spirit of truth that the Lord would send. And then when you go on to John 16, it says that he, the spirit of truth, will guide you into all truth. So as I said before, in John 2... The servants saw the fact that Jesus said, okay, fill these pots with water. But if you go down along probably, I don't know, 10, 12 verses, it says, but the disciples believed. See, the servants, the disciples, they saw the same thing. They filled the pots. That's a fact. But the truth was, it says that his glory, this was the first miracle, that his glory was manifested. The servants saw the facts, but they never saw the truth of the glory being manifest. A Christian can see the fact, but never come along to see the truth in the particular situation. And that, that applies to us in our life. See, what is my focus? My inner man. Am I able to focus on the Lord so that I can see something that may be a fact, but he can move me here and show me the truth? The servants there had a certain heart condition. The disciples had a different heart condition. And that is why the one group did not see and the other group saw. In Matthew 25, 
you have five wise and five foolish virgins. The five foolish virgins, they saw, they viewed things a certain way. And because of how they viewed things, they did not take the necessary steps to prepare themselves for the coming of the Lord, for the marriage, for the the union. Whereas the five wise, they maybe moved past certain things and saw the truth of it. Oh, the truth is that, you know, we need to ready ourselves. The fact is, the Lord's not coming right now. So, you know, where are we? Where am I? Am I over here with, you know, this thing? I see the facts. And that's, you know, where I I dwell. And may I say this, that I have been in other churches, and I have seen things in other churches, and I have seen where, where people are not brought into certain places. That the Lord desires. Now, they're Christians, yes. Well, they go to heaven, yes. That's not the issue. You know, what is seen is different with different groups. In Galatians 4. Now, because the Lord has given us the spirit of truth, because you have come to him and you are you are seeking him this places the christian now in a very u- unique position to receive the truth and we're going to get to something in John 8 in in a few minutes that to me is astounding see Are we in a position to receive the truth? Are we? Galatians 4. Now, Paul ministered to the Galatians. And there was a response. And they they loved Paul. But in chapter 4, verse 15, What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that, if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? So with the Galatians, there was this shift or in, in their inner man, there was this change, a turn. And I have seen this thing over the years, many times, where with a Christian, there is this, this shift inside. And it can be for various reasons, you know, some other motivation. 
Um, or maybe they don't agree with a particular thing that's said. Or they don't agree with a person. And, and then there is this shift. And then, you know, they leave. And it's strange. All the, the, the great truth, the things that they knew, the things they believed, the things they moved in, in spirit. I mean, a reality that they moved in, in spirit. Now, because of this shift in their heart, it's, it's as though the, the, blind, the blinders, the scales come back down over their eyes. They don't see it. They don't believe it. And they, they just say, well, that, that's, that's something different. It's like they don't even see it. It's like totally lost to them anymore. Well, they, I mean, they're Christians, yeah. They're, they're moving along in a different thing, a different way. And the reality of the Spirit of God um, in the purpose of God that they were in before is missing. You know, as I said, are they saved? Yes, I believe so. Will they go to heaven? Yes, I believe so. But now reward, that's a different story. Reward is different. You know, a person can, as we, we uh, looked at in, second, in 1 Corinthians 3, a person can suffer loss. Loss of position, you know, loss of uh, character, certain characteristics, and so on. Proverbs 23. And to me, I think it's <clears throat> a strange thing seeing some of these things. Uh, and I've seen them over the years. I mean, with, even with people that no one here even knows, even before. Um, and you see a person going along, and then something disrupts that. And they were doing so well, moving along so well, you know, moving in there, moving in the way, following the purpose that the Lord's starting to open up for them, you know. As it says in Isaiah, walking on the, the highway of holiness. There they are. And then something comes along or, or some other view. Remember I said heresies. You change the, the view of something. You know, change the, the direction. And, and there they are. They're here, but yet they're looking elsewhere and then something goes on in them and what's going on is manifested months later or years later and then you know where did that person go boy they left the church fast no it was <laughs> something's been going on for quite a while that people didn't see you know it's good for us to be open to the Lord to Bring a course correction if we need it. Not everyone. I'm talking about all of us. All of us. In Proverbs 23, 23, 
buy the truth and sell it not, or do not sell it. Or, and also buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Buy the truth. And Proverbs 16 says, consider truth as being the highest value in your life. Value it more than anything. How are you and I going to buy the truth? I'll take out my wallet and, you know, take out some money. There isn't any. <laughs> and pay. No. We are going to buy the truth with our time, with our uh, dedication, with our sacrifice, with our love. Setting our heart toward him, moving in the purpose of God, you buy. All, all the, those things that go on within are the commodity that we will use to buy the truth. And some don't have much truth in them because they haven't you know, lined up. They haven't bought it. They haven't been dedicated He that will love his life will lose it. He that loses his life, for my sake, Jesus said, he'll gain it. Well, that's, that's the buying commodity there. You lose your life. So we know that truth can be heard. A lot of, a lot, you hear it all the time when you come to church. You know, truth can be heard. But hearing is not, that's not the whole thing, and it's just a small part. Truth can be spoken. Truth can be known. John 8. Well, I, I accepted Jesus Christ. I know the truth. Well, you do. You know the truth, truth about initial salvation. Well, nobody's denying that. But now, what are you doing with your life? What direction are you taking in your life? <clears throat> are you setting your heart to know Him? Are you moving in a way now because you have made certain choices that the Lord can now deposit certain things in you? There is with many Christians, and I'm not talking about here, just in general, there is with many Christians a lack of revelation. It's just lacking. In John 8, verse 30, as he, Jesus, spoke these words, many believed in him. You see that verse? Jesus is speaking. If you read, you know, previous part of the chapter, Jesus is speaking. He says certain things. And as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to who? The Jews who believed. So who is Jesus going to speak to now? This is important to see this. Now he's going to speak to those who, who believed. This is very enlightening if you follow this through. 
He's speaking to those Jews who believed. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. We're going to read this and then come back. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, this is the Jews who believed. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now here it shows a chapter break in my Bible, but there's no chapter break. I know you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. So this is very interesting He's speaking to those who believed, but now he says that there is no place in them for his word. Very interesting. And that plays out with certain Christians who believed the Lord, they came to the Lord, but now to move on to maturity and to move into truth and to see certain things and to find the purpose for them, they, they can't because his word now has no place in them. Verse 38. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do, and you do, and you do want. Oh, excuse me. And you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. That's interesting. See what they're saying to him now. They, they believed in Jesus but now they're not allowing his words to come into him, into them. And now they're resisting the truth. And they're saying, you were born of fornication, the one who they just believed in. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come, come from myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. You see that? He does not stand in the truth. So the individual Christian must stand in the truth. So if, if we need a course correction, so to speak, to stand in the truth, then so be it. So if the Lord or the Spirit of God comes and, and shows you something or me something and says, this here needs taken care of, this is, you need to just, you know, there needs to be a change. 
and we don't go ahead and move along with that change, then we are standing here where we think, where we believe, and we're not standing in the truth. We should be over here. We need a course correction. Because there is no truth in him, speaking of the devil. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources or from his own being, from his own character. For he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. This is a, a very, this whole conversation is kind of strange, if you know what I'm saying. If you, you know, look at it, say, okay, first they believe. So, you know, believing in the Lord may not be, initially, may not be what we think it is. If you understand what I'm trying to say. You know, we think that, you know, you come to Christ, everything is okay. You're fine, you're going to heaven. Well, you come to the Lord, and now you are to open up your heart so that there is now a place within you for his word. Verse 51, most assuredly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. So then he goes on, and they say, what do you mean? How can that be? Verse 53, are you greater than our father Abraham who is dead, and the prophets that are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? And then he goes on, he says, before Abraham was, I am. And then they, they pick up stones to stone him. So now let's go back to verse 31. See, those who are under uh, the influence of truth, the truth of God, will not be under the influence of another spirit. See, Jesus said they were of the devil. They were under the influence of another spirit. Oh, I believe in Jesus. But the true disciple is in a position to know truth. Those who are not true disciples, I mean, they can believe. There are those uh, who are Christians. Do you know that there are, are those who are Christians and not disciples? Look, verse 30, many who believe. Then, verse 31, then Jesus uh, said to those Jews who believed, if, if, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So a true disciple is one who abides or continues in his word. The true disciple is the one in whom the Lord can bring into truth and can show them truth and can make them true. That's why with certain individuals that you run into who say, well, I received Christ, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, and you, you look at their life, and they're, they're moving in a totally different way. They're, they're out there with their own choices and 
decisions and going their own direction. And they, they can't be given the truth. See, the truth will move you in a direction toward God. So the true disciple is the one that the Lord can bring them to know truth and bring them to know understanding. The one who abides in his word. Not just, well, I believe, and that's the end of it. I've seen many people do that. You know, we go up to the jail, and there are, you know, sometimes 50% of the men or more that we minister to, group after group after group, different men every time. You know, we get 30 men. How many have ever accepted Christ? 50% or better raise their hand. Why are you here in jail? You know, you didn't allow the Lord to work in your life, or better yet, you didn't abide or continue in his word. So the fact is, there they are in jail. But the truth is, if they would have abided in the word, they would never be there. That's the truth. The fact is, there they are. The fact is, there's water in the pot. The truth is, the glory of God was manifested. The truth is, if you would have followed God, if you would have continued in his word, you would have been his disciple, you would have never been in jail. So fact and truth are not the same. Not always. Especially when it comes to the Bible. Not the same. In closing, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The context here is lawlessness. Verse 9. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working or the energia of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish because, there's a reason, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they may be saved. So there was no dedication in their heart to the truth that they could initially come to initial salvation. See, so we as Christians, we have come into salvation. We have, you know, come to the Lord. But the question is, do we today have a love for the truth, a dedication for the truth? How are you going to know what God expects if you don't have a dedication to the truth? How are you going to know what God wants if there is no dedication to the truth? And I don't necessarily mean the Bible, that's true. But the truth about ourselves. You know, God deals with us on an individual basis. And he brings the truth related to me, to me. So if I don't have a love for the truth, you know, I, I'm, I'll be in trouble. We will need a love of the truth or a dedication 
to the truth if we are ever going to have a closer relationship with him because the truth is in Jesus Christ. He is the truth. And Jesus, you see this in his life. You know, he was, he was born. You know, he comes up, he, he learns, the Father teaches him. And he has this unswerving dedication to the Father, to hear from the Father. He says this to the Jews, I have heard, heard this from the Father, this has come from the Father. I'm not you know, saying this of my own self. And Jesus had this commitment to the Father, and that commitment is what brought him, I believe, uh, into the truth that you see when he's 12. He's, he's in the synagogue teaching the teachers. And when he's brought into his ministry, full, full of grace and truth, full dedication to the truth. So may we be as dedicated to the truth as we are sometimes to what we want or what we think. If we can be dedicated to the truth, you know, the Lord will bring about a maturity in the body of Christ that you know, the likes of we have, what we've never seen before.